Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through official handbook of the Marvel Universe with a guest, talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is a person who's either the grandfather or the second father of Vision, Faith. What is up? I am also, I am the other dad. I'm one of, I'm one half of the gay dads of Vision. Um, today we're talking about Phineas T. Horton. Ooh. Do you have any idea who Phineas T. Horton is? His name sounds familiar, but I can't remember who he is. He's one of the uh, scientists. One of the bajillion scientists in Marvel history. He looks like a white dude. Oh, wow. What a surprise. No wonder I don't remember him very well. But uh, but his name is Phineas Thompson Horton. Um, I was hoping it was yeah. Timothy. Then he could be Tim Horton. Uh, he is a professor inventor and later repairman and uh the general un the general public is unaware that phineas t horton used the alias of thomas ray um he is sitting in the united states with no criminal record the alias is thomas ray the place of birth is unrevealed he is the uh he is a widower so his wife died oh and his uh daughter well, his daughter, stepdaughter, is named Frankie Ray, a.k.a. my second favorite human torch. She oh, like turns into yes. Nova. Yes, okay. Yes. Yeah. I know who that and is. And she has the, fe- they're probably going to talk about it in this one, but she has the best way to become a super a superhero. Oh, I'm excited. Um, yeah. So he first appeared in Marvel Comics issue number one, which is, surprise, the first issue of Marvel Comics. Wow. Wow. Before Marvel was Marvel, though. Like, it was... Uh, it came came out in October 1939. This was... This was old Golden Age, baby. Baby! Let's get this party started. Yes, yeah, so... um, It had a couple... Of stories in it, and we'll kind of go briefly over some of these because I because you know this was back when comics was just like I don't know why don't we just throw a bunch of small stories in there, but um but first but we have like now I'll tell one which is like a page of like single panel gag strips which is you know kind of whatever the Human Torch which is the one we're going to be focusing on the Angel. Which was not the angel we're talk we talked about in the last episode, but um, this is about the angel who is the golden age angel. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have the Samariner, aka Namor. Of course. Namor. Of course. This isn't Namor's first comic, technically. Technically, he did show up, written by Bill Everett. Uh, no, Bob is Bill Everett and Bob Elephant mm, Everett. Um, he did show up in a tiny little like thing you would read out of the theater like before like the show came on oh yeah yeah um but but he you know this first tech first full issue then we have the masquerader who was this looks like a uh like cowboy thing 
Then we have uh, Jungle Terror, which was uh, a jungle story. Then we have a tech story about a car, uh, a race car driver who risked everything in one last race called Burning Rubber, a short story about the auto tracks. Ooh. And then we also have Kazar, the Great, in this issue. Yeah, it is Bill Overett, by the way, he wrote. Yeah. Wrote Namor almost up till his death, I think, actually. He wrote it for a long time. I was going to say his name, so. Yeah, he's, he's a great. Um, but, yeah, so we get, we get, like, you know, a few, like, you know, big names. And one, only a big name just because I'm a nerd uh, <laughs> about Marvel stuff. But, no, we get Kazar, Namor, and, like, Human Torch. Oh, the original Human Torch. I was going to ask if he was in this. The one that's so, the uh, robot, right? Yeah. Yeah, I so, like that one. So Professor Phineas Teen Horton was the creator of the original Human Torch, then the very first android devised by a human being. The Torch was a true android, which means he was an artificial being in the form of a human. Um, it was constructed with synthetic skin, blood, organs, and the like, which imitated the functions of their organic counterpart. And... Uh, living human beings. Horton constructed the torch in his laboratory in Brooklyn, New York. Horton revealed the existence of the human torch to the world at a press conference, which he held in New York City in November 1939. The torch was displayed with a large transparent tube that Horton believed to be airtight. During the press (laughs) conference, Horton revealed that there had been a flaw in the construction of the android, and he proceed to demonstrate by introducing a small amount of oxygen into the tube. The oxygen caused the flame to ignite all over the the surface of the android's body, yet the android himself was unharmed by the flame. Uh, Newspapers declared the torch was a potential menace. Feeling himself compelled by public opinion uh, to take this step, Horton had the torch still in his supposedly airtight tube buried in cement. Uh, Horton intended to release the torch when he either discovered a means to prevent uh, the torch from bursting into flames or had found a means to control its flaming powers. Horton intended to use his creation to make himself wealthy. Oh, of course. Well, I mean, you know, you gotta do your hustle in this capitalist society. I like how things really went sideways when you're like, yeah, I made a person, but they're all made out of computer parts. They're on fire. Yeah. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> however, the however the tube had a small opening through which air eventually entered. No, oh, what a surprise! The torch explosively ignited, freeing himself from his prison. The torch flew around the city with childlike innocence, but eventually realized the danger he presented to others. Unable to control his flames, he doused it. He doused it in a swimming pool. Horton was ostracized by the scientific community after the torch. Uh, made his escape. However, the government impounded all of Horton's equipment, chemicals, claiming that it was too dangerous to allow Horton to continue his experiments. Over time, however, the torch learned how to control his flaming powers and won uh, acclaim as one of the first crime-fighting superheroes of the 20th century. The torch, however, abandoned his creator, refusing to let Horton exploit him for material gain. I mean, yeah, he fucking sealed him in concrete. I'd be pretty upset, too. Yeah. Horton remained prosperous and moved to Boston and eventually created another android known as Adam 2. But Adam 2 rebelled against his creator, 
took him prisoner, then built other androids to serve him. Adam 2 intended to have androids supplant uh, human beings as masters of Earth. When the Human Torch and his mutant partner Toro came to Boston to visit Horton in 1946, Adam II took them captive as well and tried to destroy all three of them. Horton, the Torch, and Toro were rescued by the costume adventurers known as the Patriot. Um, Horton informed them that Adam II intended to substitute an android duplicate of JFK, the future president of the United States, who was running who was then running for congress adam two's plot was thwarted by a team of champions called the all winner squad uh, at the cost of the life of the second captain america or the spirit of 76 in uh in trying to escape adam two was destroyed in an automobile accident which is oddly enough how a lot of people die oh i know that's really sad though yeah. yeah uh horton's uh dream of glory had been shattered once more and in uh 1955 the human torch vanished and was believed to be dead to ostracized by the worlds of science and academia horton was forced to become a simple repairman with the alias thomas ray he drank heavily in an attempt to forget his past failures he was married late in his life to a woman with an infant daughter named frankie uh frankie's Mother soon died after his marriage, but Horton proved to be a kindly father to Frankie as she grew up. He continued to drink heavily, though. Frankie remained unaware of Horton's true identity, and they lived together somewhere in uh, New York City. Yeah. Yeah. So when Frankie was 14, Horton read in a newspaper about the original capture of the criminal called Miracle Man by the new team of superhuman uh, adventurers called the Fantastic Four. Oh. Yeah. So Horton was uh, shocked to learn that the new team's member took the original, took the name of the original Human Torch. Of course. Distraught, Horton told the comprehending Frankie that they could make the original Human Torch live again. Uh, he drove, uh, he drove to an abandoned chemical, uh, company warehouse where he found all of his equipment and chemicals that the government had impounded carrying a drum of chemicals for her father frankie stepped on a weak part of the warehouse floor that gave way into her as she fell the chemicals within the drum began moving and grew hot and suddenly frankie was engulfed in flames however she was unharmed by the flames and was able to will them to stop the chemicals had apparently mutated frankly giving her the same Superman powers as a second human torch. Oh, shit. Yep. Now, this is where he turns into a bad guy for a while. How did, Horrified. How did these children in Marvel Comics keep ending up in chemical spills? Yeah. Well, Safety protocols yeah, huh. in the uh, the Marvel Universe are really just way too lax. Yeah, you think they, you think someone would You think they like, would have learned after, like, the first couple of them. Horrified, Horton was overwhelmed with shame, believing he was responsible for what happened to her. He hypnotized her into forgetting what happened, implanted a post-hypnotic suggestion in her, including one that would make her fear fire. When Frankie awoke from her trance, Horton was gone. Frankie never saw him again. He sent her money for her support for her support for years. Almost a year after the incident, Horton sent her a costume which would help her control her flaming powers but would remain in 
visible as long as she wore other clothing atop it, which is how any costume would work if you're wearing stuff on top of it. Yeah, really. Right? Yeah. A post-hypnotic suggestion Horton had given to her caused her to forget about the costume as soon as she put it on. Years later, Frankie met up with Johnny Storm, the second human torch. Their relationship caused a weakening of the blocks that Horton put in her memories. Eventually, she regained both her full memory and used for flaming powers. She learned that her stepfather actually been Phineas T. Horton, and eventually Frankie was transformed by Galactus into the supermoon being known as Nova. Oh, shit. Enomatic Time Master known as Immortus convinced a synthesoid called the Vision that the robot Ultron had compelled Horton to transform into the body from the body of the original Human Torch into Vision himself. Uh, Immortus also persuaded that persuaded the Vision that Horton had died shortly afterwards. Uh, the Vision made the story known to the other members of the Superhuman Champions, known as the Avengers. However, for his reason, for his own reason, Immortus de- uh, deceived Vision, although. Ultron utilized spare parts for the original Human Torch in constructing the Vision. The Vision was not lo- uh, the same entity as the original uh, Torch, and Horton did not directly participate in the creation of the Vision. However, Horton was not yet dead. So why would why would you lie to Vision? That's just rude. Don't be mean I to mean, him. I mean, Mortis works in mysterious ways. Oh. You well, lied to I mean, the good he's boy. A, he's a good Kang. He's a good guy. You lied to the um, good boy. At one point, Vision took control of computer systems throughout the world and intended to thus dominate the world. The Vision abandoned the scheme and gave up control <laughs> of the world's computers. <laughs> cool. uh, never mind. Like, uh, never. Uh, uh, I you know what? Actually, I don't want to take the world. It kind of sucks. Recently, however, representatives of various nations, intelligent agencies, joined together in an attempt to prevent the Vision from ever again endangering the world's security in such a method. Intelligent agents from these various nations worked together in kidnapping the Vision from the West Coast Avengers compound, disassembling the Vision, wiping his clean as memory banks. Intelligent agencies learned that the Avengers record that Vision was supposedly created by Horton. Uh, Agency operatives discovered that Horton was still alive, although he was now extremely elderly in quite frail health. Agents captured Horton and held him prisoner in the base where to work on the vision. The Avengers found the base, saw to release the release of the Horton. Setting vision, uh, Horton declared that the vision was not my work. Uh, the vision was then reconstructed by Hank Pym, and he was like taken to hospital on release. Of course. Uh, and he's like, he's just a person who built the robot, built robots. But, um, but yeah, so you could say he's like kind of like the grandpa, I guess, of Vision. There you go. Yeah. 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 Basically, and the, Vision the grandpa. family tree is like so complicated. <laughs> There's a lot of shit in there. <laughs> the Vision had a wild origin story. Oh, Vision. What a good boy. Wait, wait, wait. No, wait. Okay, sorry. So I think the vision has. Well, no, vision has two dads and one grandpa. There you go. Which is, um, yeah, two dads, oh, no, one no. grandpa. Um, no, no, no. He has one. No, he has a great grandpa. No, he has a great grandpa, 
a grandpa and a dad because Hank technically built Ultron and then Ultron built Vision. There you go. But but he used a lot of body parts from the original Human Torch, which mm-hmm. was created by this dude. Yeah, this is a he has a whole thing. Uh, he has two two grandpas, great grandpa, a, a two a dad, two dads, uh, multiple brothers, kids, technically a well, wife. <laughs> he has kids, quote unquote, and we're not even getting into like Wanda's stuff. That's a whole. <laughs> I like how they're like. We have this extremely complicated character with an extremely complicated origin story. Let's put him with another extremely complicated character and have them have some kids in an extremely complicated way. (laughs) Well, I will say that um, they did technically simplify Wanda down. By simplify, there's a big asterisk next to it. Yeah. But... Um, She is now the Great Pretender Wanda, who is uh, basically Krakoa's number one enemy, um, because she committed the most genocide against mutants. Um, I mean, yeah, technically. And she is is still the, uh, she's now the children of Miss American Wizard, um, as she was originally. Um, And, uh, and Kachuk. Cthon still like did stuff, of course, and make her into a vestal and and magic and all that stuff, of course. Um, yeah, but but she's the great pretender Wanda Ooh. right now. Yeah, and I don't think she showed up in the comics in a long time either. Well, by a long time, I mean like for like a year or two. Yeah. So, <sighs> but yeah, it was a wild but yeah. ride. But yeah, but that's but that's Phineas. So, He's what do you have to plug? Um, so you should go read my webcomic. It's called Grace Swings at graceswings.com. There's horror, there's fantasy, there's action, there's sci-fi. There's just a lot of gay stuff that happens all the time. You should go read it if you like all those things. So my name is Jesse. I have another podcast called uh, Into Riverdale, where I talk about Riverdale episode by episode with my friend Daniel. I also have uh, a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash alphabetflight. If you want to see the people we're talking about, you can go to at alphabetflight on Twitter and Instagram. And if you are so kind, you can rate, review, subscribe on your podcatcher choice to help me move up in the rankings and whatnot. And uh, yeah, this has been Alphabet Flight and may contradict you through all of your night travels. Good night. Bye.